Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hi again, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I am Darren Javag, host of the show, and I'm here with my co-host, the always dependable Tina Murray. Hello, Darren. Yes, we're another day in the trenches, and this time we're doing it remotely. So uh, we have a fabulous guest this morning. Her name is Sharon Hillier. She is an independent insurance broker in Kempful, and she specializes in individual life insurance and living benefits. Her business name is Hill Life Financial. And Sharon, you've been in the industry for over 30 years. Yeah, it's closing in on 40. I, I started when I was two. I was just going to say, you <laughs> don't look a day over 40. <laughs> 40 that's sounds of, okay. 40 sounds old. That's a, that's a hell of a career. You're going to be like retired by 42. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, eh? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, you know, in your bio, you gave us, you said you, you believe that every person, every family, every business needs to protect what's important to them. And Darren, you are also a huge advocate of that. So uh, sort of let's uh, dive into the divorce aspect of that. It, it obviously brings in sort of its own special, uh, unique uh, take on things when people are divorcing and we're talking about yeah, it. Sure does. So tell us how does insurance <clears throat> play in the divorce uh, process? Well, I mean, insurance can really uh, bring peace of mind, uh, especially when it comes to divorce, because an awful lot of um, people will be discussing things like child support, uh, spousal support. I know when I went through my divorce, I paid spousal support. So um, in order to give me peace of mind, even as the payer or the person paying, um, having, having some life insurance meant that my spousal support would continue um, as opposed to trying to get it through my estate in another way and uh, looking after my other beneficiaries. But it, like I said, it, it gives it to the, the person receiving the, the spousal support or the child support as well. They always know that it's always there to be able to, um, that they'll have it in the future and it'll protect their income. Uh-huh. And that's, and that's a huge thing. I eh? like, I mean, when we're looking at separating spouses, especially when there's discrepancy between their income, right? Oh, yeah. Like this, this could make or break someone's like 20 years retirement, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and especially if you, you're right there when you've got huge discrepancies, it can make up the discrepancies um, upon, you know, if the, the one paying the sport especially passes away. Yeah. And, 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 and not, to, not to mention the kids, right? Like you, yeah. everyone wants to make sure that they take care of their kids. You know, I think that's the, one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle is, is looking after your children. Right. So you know, that's big. That's <laughs> probably even more, that's probably even more discussed than, uh, than spousal support. Um, right. I mean, during my divorce, I didn't have to, my kid was grown. He'd already gone through university, but if I had had small children, that would have been able to have provided them with a future. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you find that it's a, a delicate topic? Like when, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with people who are going through a divorce and you're talking about, you know, insuring yourself for $400,000 so that your spouse has it, your ex-spouse has it after you die. Like, does that, is that ever sort of stuff you kind of go, what the heck? Yeah. But you know what? It's one of those things that it's a reality of a divorce, Tina. I mean, it's something that needs to be discussed. It's, it's part of your divorce settlement. Um, I know that my husband, my, um, 
my ex-husband also had life insurance. Uh, he said it was, I was actually the beneficiary of it. And he said to me, he says, well, at least we'll get all your spouse's support back if I die. Um, <laughs> I mean, he had a sense of humor, thank God, throughout this entire thing that he did. And he had, had a sense of humor about it. But it actually is very true from that aspect as well. You know, um, you're looking after, but I try to, to look at it more for, from coming at the kid's point of view, as opposed to spouse to spouse, because sometimes you don't have the most amicable divorces, as some people realize. So yeah. um, it's a very sensitive topic. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's got to, you got to come at it with compassion and you got to also come at it with a logic. Um, yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, Star Trek Spock, but you know, you got to come at it with, with, uh, uh, with a needs analysis and something that almost sounds without compassion, but right. you've got to combine the two really. The needs analysis you just mentioned, uh, Sharon, that's that's a great point because, I mean, I think sometimes people lose sight of how how um, how much insurance they need, right? Because I think sometimes people think you're just throwing a dart at the wall when you try to figure out how much insurance someone needs. But, you know, the industry is very heavily regulated. So you have to prove that, like what, what it is you're selling someone, right? Yeah. And I ask, and you do too, Darren. I mean, we, we ask a lot of questions um, that may sound incredibly personal, but it's, it's our way of being, to make sure that you have what you need, that you're not overinsured and you're not underinsured either, that you're completely looked after. But you also have to look at it from a budget point viewpoint right. too right i mean that that's also part of the the needs analysis i'm not going to throw you a million dollars when you can't afford it right that's so. a good point yeah so let me ask you something here's here's something that comes up a lot in uh, my conversations with lawyers is uh, when they're negotiating is <clears throat> who who do you think should own the policy so you know <laughs> a buddy comes up a uh, lady comes up and uh, you know uh, they put this insurance policy in place who do you think the owner should be? I'll say it's dependent on the situation and each one's unique. Um, I do admit that I owned my ex-husband's life insurance policy. Okay. Um, I paid the premiums. Um, so that was also uh, in our agreement, it was part of the spousal support, knowing that he'd always have that insurance. Um, but because I was the one with the pair, it was my responsibility in my mind. I think it really does depend because, I mean, oftentimes people will say to you, well, you know, I don't have to, you know, keep the insurance. I can let it lapse. I can, you know, here it, here it is for the lawyer. And, um, you know, six months down the line, he says, he or she says, no, I don't need it anymore. They cancel it. Right. It's usually it's, a it's part of the separation line. agreement, right? Pardon me? Usually it's part of the separation agreement. And it is. But as I learned the hard way, divorce agreements may be there, but there are not followed right yeah but legally yeah they're supposed to have it if it's in part of the divorce agreement so for there's all no of us, about it. and they can go after you know the ex right for all of us non-insurance yeah. people when you say who owns the policy can you explain that to us because i mean if all of us when know it, but for some others they may not actually understand yeah, exactly that. yeah i mean when you own an insurance policy it means you have control over it um, you decide um, if you want to terminate it. You decide if you want to uh, pay the premiums on it any longer. You can decide when you want to pay the premiums, be a monthly, annual, whatever it happens to be. You have full control over it. You can decide who's going to be the beneficiary. Right. 
And now there is there is a way, I believe, in insurance that you can put somebody as irrevocable, right? So yeah, th that that's you can do that. That uh, that's a really touchy subject, Darren, as, as you probably know, because then all of a sudden, irrevocable beneficiary almost becomes the owner, right? Because yeah. if you want to terminate that coverage, they can't do it without the irrevocable beneficiary. Yeah. That that's that's the the bottom line of having. But yeah, you can do that. And okay. sometimes, depending on the circumstances and things like that, I've suggested to some of my clients who are going through a divorce to put an irrevocable beneficiary on it. Good. So, good, excellent. Right. Yeah, I know. I and you know, I have Sharon. I have actually encountered some situations where, like that, where you know, um, somebody has put the policy on on like their their ex spouse puts one on themselves, and then you know, two years down the road, they decide. Oh, I'm not going to pay this anymore. And yes, it is enforceable in the separation agreement, but how long is the person going to have to wait for that person to, to get a new policy mm -hmm. and who's to say the person's even insurable anymore. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Which is a, yeah. Which is a huge thing, right? Now you've got yeah. a big gaping hole in your separation agreement, right? So. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And, and that, that is part of the problem, as you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, but part of our, I mean, we, we always try to review with our clients exactly what those needs are and exactly what's going on and, and things that we can maybe potentially help them with, uh, you know, if, if they come into a, um, heaven forbid you lose your job over COVID. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, that, and that's a lot what's going on nowadays. So you, you've yeah. got to reach out to those clients and make sure that everything is in order for them and they can handle it. So actually, I know Darren wanted to ask this question and actually in, in your email to us, you wanted to talk a little bit about group benefits, which is probably a great segue, right? So yeah. um, because group benefits are really when you're employed by someone. So um, is there anything we need to know about that as far as it goes during a divorce? Well, when it comes to group benefits, I mean, it, it more is the, the, the spouse who doesn't have the benefits, who is covered under the ex-spouse's benefits. Um, you really need to read the book <laughs> um, because I found out the hard way that uh, through my, through my divorce that my, I had the group benefits and we were claiming uh, medical expenses for the ex past the three month mark, but he was only covered for three months after the separation date. Wow. Okay. That's good information. <laughs> yeah. Can you not you're really, you're really, because so, most of, I mean, most of the industry, most of the industry will, will give you six to 12 months. Some, uh, there's actually rumor that there's, you know, a couple of carriers who actually give it indefinitely until the ex-spouse remarries. But mine was three months. Wow. And wow. You don't, <laughs> you don't know that going in. You assume, oh, it's going to be 12 months, you know, six months, 12 months. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. you may not be covered. And then the other thing with, uh, with group is if the, if the person leaves the employer, Yep. You know, that like never mind the spouse, but if the person working at the business leaves the employer, right? They do they still have their, their coverage or do they lose it? They, they well, most of the time they lose it. They give an option to be able to, to continue group benefits individually, but most of the time you lose it. The other thing is not even just leaving your job or the, the spouse leaving their job. What happens if the employer changes the group benefits? Period. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah, that a happens a lot. I mean, I've got a lot of clients that come up to me. Oh, I'm covered. You know, I've got group and shit. And the next thing you know, the employer wants to save some money. Um, I mean, uh, we have a friend that uh, 
their group employer decided to cut out the critical illness insurance that was there. And the next year he got cancer. Wow. Wow. So Terrible. that that's something that they, you've <clears throat> got to be prepared for as well on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. That's, that's really good. Like, especially, especially like when you just said, you know, like a, a, a client says I'm covered, I got group benefits. Mm-hmm. And, and then like we just talked about a minute ago was, you know, they, they lose their job or maybe they leave their job and they go into a contractor job yeah. uh, where they don't have group benefits. Now they've lost that life insurance protection for their, for their spousal support. And again, we just talked about it. What happens if you're not insurable right now? Exactly. Right. So, cause it's gone, you don't own it. The employer does. So that's a very dangerous situation. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about people being uninsurable, I mean, you know, as well as I do, there are a lot of companies today that are coming out with for lack of a better term, easier underwriting. Uh, you don't have to be in perfect health. A lot of people say, well, you know, I've got, I've had, you know, my high blood pressure, I've got, um, you know, I've got high cholesterol, whatever. Some employers, uh, sorry, some uh, insurance companies really don't balk at that anymore. Right, right. So. Now, you mentioned something a second ago there, um, Sharon, that um, when we're looking at group uh, and you're, you mentioned critical illness and disability, so do you normally recommend or would you like suggest that that clients also put an, an, a critical illness policy on themselves or a disability policy on themselves on top of the insurance? Absolutely. Um, when, especially when it comes to, uh, I'm a huge proponent of critical illness because I almost claimed. Um, right. I know what that's like. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I faced cancer mm-hmm. and uh, thankfully they got it before, but I mean, I was sitting there digging through my policies going, okay, what's covered, what's not covered, what forms do we need? That's how close I was. And um, I thought to myself, you know, if I was in that situation and I was still paying child support, well, how do I pay child support and be on like a disability? Um, So how do you do that? Well, if you have a critical illness policy, if you have disability policy, it makes it a lot easier. Right. So, and I actually recommend that more to younger people than I do to older people Okay. because the chances of becoming disabled, the chances of having something like cancer. Um, I mean, the average claim on an insurance company's policies, but according to some of the insurance uh, companies tell me that the average claim experience on a critical illness insurance policy is mid forties. Wow. Um, you're not in your 70s, you're in your 40s, and you're probably still got could still have kids that are, you know, facing university. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you handle that? Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, always... I, I, I give uh, that I suggest to the younger people more than even the, uh, the older individuals that are my age. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of cash is king. You know, I probably say that at least a couple times a week, you know, when I'm talking to people is you know, you just, there's no, there's no replacement for cash flow. If you exactly. have it, your life, it can be, you know, you have choices when you don't have it. It's like, uh, you are grasping at straws. You're trying to get your head above water and just come up for errors, you know? So I, I think for me, that's a good analogy when I'm telling people, because everybody knows what it's like to be underwater and hold your breath, yep. you know, and, and that is what it's like when you don't have cash flow right? You're, you're panicking, right? So yeah, it's um, like those GoFundMe pages. Every time I see that, I'm going, I wish you had critical illness insurance, you know, yeah. things like that. I'd love to eliminate GoFundMe just for that purpose. Yeah. Okay. You know, what's, what's interesting is that, you know, people say it's too expensive. It's too expensive, right? But 
too expensive in comparison to what? Exactly. Yeah. To lose it, to not having any income. Right. To, you know, yeah. to, to there not being any support for your children. Yeah. yeah I, and then those are hard, those are hard statements, you know, Absolutely. like when you're sitting in front of people, Sharon, it must be hard sometimes like making those statements, but people have to understand that you can't turn the clock back. You can't go back in time and say, you know what, I'm going to take that hundred thousand dollar critical illness policy because I don't know if I'm going to get cancer or heart attack or stroke. I, you know, I'm going to take that disability policy that pays me $5,000 after tax a month. Because I don't know if I'm going to get injured on in that snowmobile, you know, when I'm out in the in the bush. Or on the ATV that goes rip-roaring down the street here, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. no, sorry, I was going to say the other thing is like a lot of people say, well, I have disability insurance with, with my job. And so I, I say two things with that one is, one, um, what if you no longer have that job? <laughs> and, and two, um, you know, most disability insurances through your group benefits cover a percentage, right? And a lot of people have a hard time making ends meet on that percentage, uh, on their full percentage, right? Yeah. So if you drop that down to even 85%, is that going to be enough to cover all of your existing bills, plus any maybe potentially bigger bills, because you now are running to the hospital, potentially, there may be medication that is not covered by your insurance company, right? So because I know that there are some cancer medications that aren't so yeah. having an outside disability insurance is also not a bad idea. Yeah, especially when you're paying the premiums yourself, as Darren said, it's cash, it's tax free, because you're paying the premiums yourself. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, there, and there's other ways to even like in most most of the will, uh, They'll be, they'll combine all the insurance and say, okay, you can't have more than seventy percent of your, you know, your coverage, but that's of your gross income, not your net. Right. So oftentimes, I often suggest like companies come out with things that sound like creditor insurance that your bank can give you, but it's a heck of a lot better. That's a top up. Yeah. On top yep. of that, so it could take yep. care of your mortgage, yep. and then the rest of your disability insurance could take off for something else. Right. Yep. So there are options. There are like. Um, I know that when I left a uh, full-time employment, the first thing I did, disability insurance, Sherry <laughs> got some disability insurance because I didn't have it and I've been on it and I know the value of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing too is, uh, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Sharon, but, uh, you know, you can actually, uh, I've seen some cases where people have gotten up to 90% of their income because they had their own personal plan before they started with an employer. Yeah. Right. So, so I believe there's like a, like the, the, the copay situation is yeah. uh, I believe that they'll allow you to have more as long as you had it before you started with the group. Is exactly. that right? Yeah. The other thing with your group insurance, which a lot of people don't understand is that unless you read your booklet, and by the way, you tend to only read your booklet when you go on disability yeah. Yeah. is they have uh, that some companies to make their insurance cheaper, they'll have uh, a max out. So, you know, yeah. you've got your executives at your companies, you know, paying, I don't know, they're being, they're being paid $200,000 a year. Oh, um, by the way, our disability is only, you know, maximum of $5,000 a month. Right. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a heck of a lot. You've got to make up that somehow. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so, my disability insurance through work is like that. It's, it's maxed and it's like, yeah. uh, 
yeah, that's, I, I make more than that every month, you know, kind of thing. And so you just kind of go, oh yeah, maybe I need to investigate. Right. So that's, yeah. that's a really great point. Cause a lot of people don't think about I'm covered at work. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure you do. I mean, so, I'm not high pressure or anything like that, but I'll look at them and say, you better read your book. Right. So I got one last question I want to ask uh, uh, Sharon before we go. And that is um, COVID has been a very interesting situation for everybody, but also for business, right? And, and, and I know the, like, I'm not gonna pick on the big banks uh, or the big insurance companies, but I think both of those institutions had to really up their game and change the way they do business now because everyone's stuck at home and they can't get into these places physically. Can you tell us a little bit more about how how the insurance industry is doing things these days? They a lot of a lot of as you had said, uh, an awful lot of the insurance companies have stepped up to the plate. Um, I mean, some even some of the bigger ones have not done it as well as even some of the smaller companies. The smaller companies seem to have done it really really well in the very beginning. But we have electronic applications. I can sit here. You can sit in your office. Uh, we can do an application without actually having to sit beside each other. Right. So. COVID has really taught us that a lot of things can be done first, uh, done electronically, virtually. Um, you never have to see me. You never have to shake my hand or give me a hug if I, you know, really know you really well. Um, but that that's one of the things that uh, the COVID has taught us. And the other thing that insurance companies have done is they've made their underwriting a little more lenient, uh, which means you don't have to see a nurse. You don't have to be stuck with a needle to, you know, especially if you got, I don't like needles to be, let's be frank. Um, and if I have to, if I could avoid that at all costs, I definitely will. So a lot of, a lot of companies have actually stepped into the late that way and have, uh, worked with the reinsurers to say, you know what, we don't need you to do, uh, blood or we don't need you to do, uh, blood pressure or see a nurse. You can just you can answer some questions and yeah. make it really fast and simple. I mean, some of some of the uh, one of the insurance companies that I work with, you can get an, an insurance policy in less than sixty minutes. Back in your wow. hand, you ask the questions, and the policy is delivered to you immediately. So, how does that work though for underwriting? Because you know, you always hear these people that say, "Well, you know, we, it isn't fully underwritten, so therefore, you know, everybody talks about, you know, I had insurance until they till I died or till I got sick, and then it got canceled." So, how does that work in this? Yeah, and, and you do hear that, Tina. That that's that happens an awful lot. But what happens with these? I mean, a lot of these questions are yes and no, black and white. So, for instance, I always say there's some of those questions that are non-medical. Are some of them are yeah, but questions, <laughs> and they don't they don't uh, they don't fit into the the profile. And yeah, you may have to actually get a report from a doctor or something like that, and that becomes a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when you are being underwritten let's be clear here, you are being underwritten. If you say to me that, um, you know, I, you don't have high blood pressure or uh, you don't have, you haven't had cancer in your past and let's say it was 20 years ago. Well, you gotta say you had it 20 years ago. Right. And a lot of, a lot of the insurance companies are coming out with artificial intelligence that they go through this and go, okay, maybe one, a few of those yeah, but questions. Right. Oh, it was 20 years ago. Okay, fine. It was that type of cancer. Okay, that's fine. Right. Right. Uh, we'll let you go through. Other than that, it pulls it from the system and puts it in front of a real person. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, I think you're giving away all the juice here. Uh, like the, the you, like you're giving away the milk and the, and the cow. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's, all right. I, try, I, you know. 
Yeah, we're going to have to get you back on the show again, uh, Sharon, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, why don't we Why don't we wrap up by you letting everybody know how to get a hold of you, and, and then we'll go from there. Um, you can uh, email me at um, sharon.hillier at gmail.com. I spell my Sharon really weird, so uh, S-H-A-R-Y-N. I see people on the share in, not a share on. Um, you can also go to my website, which is uh, www.hilllife.com. .ca. Uh, and there's some, uh, and you can also call me by on my phone, text me, uh, WhatsApp, whatever you'd like to do, 613-252-2403. And you're and on we, the divorce net site. You're That's right. To it now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, right thank on. you so much, Sharon. It's been very informative. I think, you know, people can think of insurance as being yawn fest, but this has been absolutely like very very entertaining and very informative. Thank you so much. You're our best. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Sharon. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.